Radio gag, the gays against guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Good evening and welcome to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the national emergency of gun violence in America. I'm Sarah Germaine Lilly, and in tonight's show are in memoriam teacher Victoria Le Soto. A gun violence news update. Special feature, Victories in Gun Violence Prevention in 2018, and Pragmatic Ways You Can Support Gun Safety in Our Nation and Your Local Community, and a special Sing Out Louise song to inspire you for 2020. So, uh, welcome to Ring Out Gun Violence. I am Sarah Germaine Lilly. Now, as we prepare for 2020 on this end of the decade New Year's Eve, Please become a WBAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. As a listener, you are already getting informed and acting in many ways to benefit our community. WBAI needs your support to keep you informed and active. So does Radio Gag. And we thank WBAI for this great opportunity to get our message out and make a difference in preventing gun violence. Commercial free and listener sponsored. WBAI is community radio and has been since the 1960s. Keep WBAI strong through your donation of any amount and by becoming a Radio Gag BAI buddy. You sign up by going to WBAI.org or calling 516-620-3602 and become a buddy in the name of Radio Gag. A $25 or more donation will get you a set of gag buttons and there are other premiums that are offered on the website. So once again, just go to give to WBAI.org. That's G-I-V-E number two, WBAI.org. Or call 516-620-3602 to become a buddy in the name of Radio Gag. So tonight, we remember a victim of gun violence as a reminder of why we do this important work. Victoria Lay Soto was a first grade teacher at Sandy Hook Elementary School. She was in her fifth year of teaching and attending college to get her master's degree in special education when she was killed in her workplace protecting her students. She was 27 years old. Newspaper accounts say that she hid her students in a closet and told the gunmen the students were in the gym. Then he shot her. The next day, Soto's sister, Carly, said, hug your loved ones and tell them how much you love them because you never know when you'll see them again. Do this in honor of Vicky. In a posting on a Facebook page, Vicky Soto wrote about her life. In my free time, I love to spend time with my black lab, Roxy. I love spending time with my brother, sisters, and cousins. I love to spend time reading books or on the beach soaking up the sun. I also love flamingos and the New York Yankees. Early Friday morning, Soto went to the school library to find what she called the perfect book for her first graders that day. Soto's colleague, Yvonne Ketch, the library media specialist, said. Ketch said it was just before 9 a.m. when she helped Soto find the book 
What Do You Do With a Tale Like This by Steve Jenkins. The book explores amazing things animals can do with their eyes, ears, mouths, noses, feet, and tails. She was amazing and a wonderful teacher, Ketch said. Soto checked the book out herself, and as she was on her way back to class, she told Ketch she was expecting some parents to visit. She loved her kids. It seemed that at the start of each year, she loved them automatically. Victoria Lee Soto, we remember you today. We acknowledge your life. We know your death was preventable and we will not stop fighting for gun safety. I'm sure many of you listening now are teachers like me. And if you are currently teaching, you must do shelter in and active shooter drills. It's a reminder to me that our society acknowledges the danger of weapons but refuses to protect us by having sensible laws to regulate guns. Sandy Hook took place in December of 2012. If you know a child, 12 years old or younger, they have taken part in these drills several times a year since they entered kindergarten. Imagine having to explain to a child that this drill is meant to save them just in case a shooter comes into their school. Sadly, this is a standard conversation for teachers and parents in America today. You are listening to Radio Gag on WBAI 99.5 FM. I'm Sarah Germaine Lilly, and this is our Ring Out Gun Violence Show 2019. Before we take a look at the gun violence prevention victories of 2019, we bring you this week's gun violence news. The U.S. suffered more mass killings in 2019 than any year on record, according to researchers. A database compiled by the Associated Press, USA Today, and Northeastern University recorded 41 incidents and a total of 211 deaths. Mass killings are defined as four or more people being killed in the same incident, excluding the perpetrator. Among the deadliest in 2019 were the killings of 12 people in Virginia Beach in May and 22 in El Paso in August. Researchers noted that because homicides in general are declining in the U.S., mass killings are claiming a higher percentage of deaths overall. The Dallas Morning News reported on a deadly church shooting Sunday in White Settlement, Texas. Texas Republicans praised members of a church security team who stopped a gunman, citing state laws allowing weapons in houses of worship. Meanwhile, Democrats repeated their call for more restrictive gun laws that they say would prevent shootings. The politicians weighed in on the Sunday morning shootings at West Freeway Church of Christ in the Fort Worth suburb of White Settlement, where a gunman killed two churchgoers before being shot and killed in the sanctuary. Republican Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick credited laws passed by the Texas legislature for allowing churchgoers to carry weapons and have a trained security team. The immediate responder is the most important, the citizen responder, Patrick said, because even though the chief's brave officers were here in less than a minute, by the time they got here, the shooting was over. And that always happens, that over 50% of our shootings, the first responders, it's usually over when they get there, no matter how hard they try. Some Democratic leaders 
took more responsibility for the safety of the public. As elected officials, we must do more to protect Texans, State Senator Beverly Powell, Democrat of Burleson, said in a statement. Months ago, I, along with many of my colleagues in the House and Senate, called for a special session to address the rise of gun violence in Texas. We can and must respect the Second Amendment, but the time has come to address serious solutions to save the lives of innocent Texans. This comes in a year that saw tragic mass shootings in an El Paso Walmart and Odessa Midland, Texas, where the shooter targeted people along a major highway. Jersey City, New Jersey, and the greater New York community continue to reel over the recent killings by members of the Black Israelite Domestic Terrorist Group and an attack on Jews gathering in Muncie, New York, for a Hanukkah celebration. Some legislators described an increase in anti-Semitic attacks of 21% in recent years. New York and New Jersey have significant gun safety laws that result in fewer crimes of this nature in our communities. And when they do happen... They strained the relations between oppressed communities living side by side. A school board member in New Jersey has been asked to resign over her online comments blaming Jews for issues in housing in the black community. Calls for increased security at synagogues are one of the results of these incidents, as the effects of targeted hate and violence continue to unfold. I just attended a rally sponsored by Safety and Solidarity, at Grand Army Plaza in Brooklyn. The crowd of about 100 was addressed by interfaith leaders, city council member Brad Lander, and public advocate Jumani Williams. We sang peace songs, and we stood together as we stand together every day in New York City, whether we're on the subway, whether we're in crowded marketplaces, whether we're walking in the park, feeling safe seeing different cultures, interacting, living side by side. It was, it was a good stand of solidarity to be there today, and we hope that our representatives and our community leaders will continue to lead us in the paths of peace and remind us of the things that make for community as we go through these crises together. You are listening to WBAI. And this is Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. I am Sarah Germaine Lilly, and we are bringing you the Ring Out Gun Violence show. Becoming a contributor to WBAI supports this show and the other terrific community radio programming you hear every day. Go to WBAI.org or call 516-620-3602 and become a buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Support at any level you can afford in this election year. A $25 or more donation will get you a premium, and you can select from the others on the site. That's give, G-I-V-E, to number two, WBAI.org. Well, now for the gun violence prevention victories of 2019, and there are many. First off, gun violence research funding. $25 million has been approved by Congress for research into the public health threat of gun violence. Since the Dickey Amendment of 1997 prohibited research that could advocate for gun control, research on gun violence has dwindled and died. 
This funding will shed light on information crucial to the understanding of gun violence in America, such as whether the victims knew their attackers and what types of weapons were used, as well as what types of injuries are most grievous and what recovery means for those who survive. Though it still requires approval from the Senate, this is an historic win for gun safety advocates and includes a broad coalition of responsible bipartisan leaders, as well as health professionals and grassroots community organizations. Second up, we have passage of more national bills for comprehensive background checks, red flag laws, and restrictions of weapon sales to those convicted of domestic violence abuses by the 2018 House of Representatives. 2019 has been a year of gun regulations. As we approach 2020, it is no small accomplishment that these bills passed by the House were supported by the new team elected to Congress in 2018. These courageous men and women stood up for gun safety in overwhelming numbers. These bills must be passed by the Senate and signed by the President in order to take effect. And so far, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell refuses to bring them to the floor for consideration. But 2020 could be the year that McConnell's power crumbles. He is up for re-election, and four GOP senators and 23 GOP representatives have announced they will not run for re-election. So including the special elections in Arizona and Georgia, Republicans will be defending 23 seats in 2020, and the Democratic Party will be defending 12 seats. Democrats will need to pick up four seats to gain a majority in the Senate. And there's more. The National Rifle Association, arguably the most powerful lobby group in Washington before 2020, is crumbling. Its most powerful lobbyist, Chris Cox, has been caught up in the internal scandal and ousted. And the NRA's dispute with its public relations firm, Ackerman McQueen, has resulted in multiple lawsuits. The resignation of Oliver North, the Oliver North of the Iran-Contra Arms for Hostages deal, and the cancellation of NRA TV. Bye-bye, Dana Lesh, and images of Thomas the Tank Engine with a KKK hood. Further, the Attorney Generals of New York and the District of Columbia have multiple investigations open concerning the transfers of millions of dollars from the NRA Foundation to its political wing. Tax fraud and the spending habits of its leaders, notably Wayne LaPierre. Finally, if there is an end to this mess, the Federal Elections Commission has investigations open concerning the coordination of donations with political campaigns since at least 2010, and the NRA's relations with Russian foreign agent Maria Butina and her boss, Alexander Tolshin. No wonder recent analysis by the New York Times shows the political influence of the NRA declining significantly over the last four election cycles. And on the private side, heroes are stepping up. Corporations like Dick's Sporting Goods are stepping up to respond to a moral imperative to reduce gun violence caused by the products they sell. Edward W. Stack, let me say this again, because I love this guy. 
Edward W. Stack, the chief executive of Dick's Sporting Goods, said in an interview this week that his company had destroyed over $5 million worth of military-style semi-automatic rifles and was reviewing whether it could, would continue to sell guns in its more than 720 stores. This fall, the CEOs of 145 companies sent a letter to Senate leaders urging them to take action on gun background checks and red flag legislation. Edward Stack was one of them. Their letter to the Senate read, as leaders of some of America's most respected companies and those with significant business interests in the United States, we are writing to you because we have a responsibility and an obligation to stand up for the safety of our employees, customers, and all Americans in the communities we serve across the country. Doing nothing about America's gun violence crisis is simply unacceptable, and it is time to stand with the American public on gun safety, the business leaders wrote. The letter includes support from major corporations, companies like Condé Nast, Dick's Sporting Goods, of course, Airbnb, Postmates, and Bain Capital, among others. Executives from uh, social media companies, including Twitter and Reddit, also signed the letter. Happy New Year! Activists, your work is paying off, and the crisis of gun violence in America seems poised to loosen its grip on Americans. And we will have a phone call coming in in a few minutes from Brendan Wright. Uh, he should be on the line now, but before we do, I want to tell you a couple things that you can do to uh, you can do to prevent gun violence in 2020. So, as promised, here are some steps that you can take to prevent gun violence in 2020. Donate to groups that are working to reduce gun violence, New Yorkers Against Gun Violence, Gays Against Guns, Moms Demand Action Against Gun Violence, Moms Demand Action, March for Our Lives, Giffords.org are just a few. This is the national moment to reduce gun violence in America. Support candidates locally, statewide, and nationally whose platform includes gun safety measures with your donations and your time as a volunteer. Join or create a postcard writing campaign to write to voters outside your area and urge them to support and thank representatives who support gun safety legislation. Send thank you notes for legislators who vote for gun safety measures. Make now, this is on a personal level, but everybody needs to make sure that your family and friends store their guns safely, unloaded, and with ammunition and guns safely locked in separate locations. You can also review your investments and divest from banks and funds and credit cards that support the gun industry and lobby, such as Wells Fargo. And most important, check in with friends and neighbors who seem depressed or isolated, and ask them if they're thinking of harming themselves. Nearly two-thirds of those killed in gun violence commit suicide. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, call 1-800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, call 1-800-273-8255.
And now we have Brendan Wright on the line. Let's see if we can get Hi, him. Sarah. Hi, Brendan. How are you? Good. How are you? Happy early new year. Happy early new year. <laughs> so we have some exciting news and a little bit of time for you to tell us about some of the actions that uh, Gays Against Guns has been up to recently and in 2019. Um, what's the big news, Brendan? Yeah, so I think our biggest news as we close out 2019, uh, we actually found out that we've been featured in the People Magazine's yearbook, their sort of year in review for 2019. Gays Against Guns is actually pictured in a two-page spread in the magazine, highlighting important topical issues that have come up in pop culture and current events over the course of the last year. So in particular, what the the two-page spread, in addition to our photos, highlights is how, in particular, there were a couple of mass shootings in a close range to each other uh, throughout the month of August. So we had El Paso on August 3rd, Dayton on the 4th, and then Odessa at the end of the month on the 31st. And what the context of the, I guess, quotation and summary attached to the photos was highlighting is that there were many different outlets in which people responded to those shootings in particular. It mentions how one of the organizations we actually work with somewhat regularly, Moms Demand Action, also had a conference going on in D.C. at the time and took to the streets to make their voices heard in sort of an impromptu capacity. Um, and then, of course, you know, we are the ones focused in the photos, which was really lovely to see as well, to get that level of visibility with our human beings, also known as HBs, which are our silent individuals that we have present at all of our different events and when, whenever we're organizing as a way to pay tribute to those who have been lost to gun violence. Uh, so I think it's always really powerful to see those individuals in person because we're representing lives who otherwise would still be present and still be with us if it wasn't for an act of gun violence of some kind. Uh, but I think it's almost extra powerful to see it sort of showcased in this capacity of being a highlight of something that was from 2019, something to remember from the entire year. Uh, and I think it speaks to the power that is associated with that representation and the emotion and the imagery of it that people really respond to. So in, on the one hand, it is very exciting and it's amazing to see, but of course you can't help but feel a little bit sad that we still continuously have to be out there in the streets and they're bringing attention to this issue because it feels like at this point so much more should maybe be happening than we've currently seen just because of the level of gun violence that happens this, over the course of this year and of course every year in our country. Yeah, it is sad. And I was... Well, I was gratified to be at the rally at Grand Army Plaza just now uh, that was concerning solidarity with the Jewish community. Mm -hmm. But uh, Jumani Williams mentioned the um, murders of transgender women and the yeah. uh, gun violence in our community. And um, and we hope and we well, we do more than hope and pray. We're all about yes, taking we direct action. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, we get out there. 
And, uh, and, and this is a, an opportunity for us to shout out loud that guns are not the answer. We know that more guns mean more incidents of violence and more death. And um, yeah, we're doing absolutely. something about it. Yeah. Yeah, and we really are. And I think that is really powerful for us all. Like when we're, like you're saying, when we're out on the streets, when we're constantly responding to incidents and trying to draw attention to this issue, you can't help but sometimes feel as though it's almost like screaming into a void. But then we have these incredible moments where a well-known publication, you know, takes time to feature visuals that we've compiled. And I think one of our members summarized it really well the other day. It's sort of looking now and reflecting and saying, wow, Gays Against Guns, we really are part of the lexicon of talking about gun violence and gun violence prevention. You know, like, yes, we are definitely intertwined. And, you know, we've we've done a lot of work over the last couple of years to really make sure that we're highlighting this issue and that we're really drawing attention to the critical nature of it. I mean, I was just looking today as I was working on some of our social media content for Instagram and I saw one of the accounts that we follow also related to gun violence prevention work was highlighting 2019 end of year figures and almost 40,000 people have been killed this year in one way or another related to gun violence, you know, whether that was by suicide or in a violent act committed against someone else, um, all these different ways and iterations of gun violence, you know, and I think it's really easy to almost lose sight of that because we often don't hear about that. The fact that over 100 lives are lost each day because they get just lost and caught up in sort of the everyday way that we've become almost numb to this issue of everyday gun violence. Yeah. But I think that's why it's so important that we and others stay dedicated to the work that we do and that we stay really committed. And I think what a more perfect moment than the end of the year to reflect on all of the amazing things that we've done while also moving into a new year with energy and passion to Mm -hmm. really continue that dedication um, into such an important year too, right? Like we're coming up into this exciting election year. There's a lot of really exciting energy. And I think people are really looking forward to getting out there, to being involved. Um, So it's almost like that call to action and that seizing upon an energy that's definitely out there right now to make sure that we're staying committed and keeping our focus on really trying to make impactful change that will make a difference to tons of communities, not only LGBTQ specific, although that is very important, like you were saying, especially in the scope of queer identities, transgender women of color are exponentially impacted by violence in general, but also gun violence. So yeah. There are ways in which we see it specifically targeting and impacting queer communities, but it's an issue for everyone. And that's really what we're interested in at the end of the day is making a safer America for everyone. Yep. Well, thanks for the segue. Happy New Year. Of <laughs> I'll course. be seeing Happy you New soon. Year to you. And yeah, definitely. I'll uh, let people know a few ways that they can get involved. Uh, that we have. Great. Yep. Great. So you take care, and I will see you soon, probably Thursday. Because yeah, see you uh, Thursday, Sarah. Great. Take care, Brendan. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. And if you're in New York, we meet every other Thursday at 7 in Manhattan at the LGBT Center on 13th Street. And our next meeting is Thursday, January 2nd at 7 p.m. You are welcome, and we look forward to meeting you. We'll save you a seat. 
We're planning an event on January 17th in Park Slope, Brooklyn, a free screening of After Parkland and a panel discussion about how the uh, gun violence epidemic is being addressed by groups in our community. Screening starts at 7 p.m., and it will be held at Park Slope United Methodist Church, 6th Avenue and 8th Street in Park Slope, Brooklyn. And get involved by following us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Gag No Guns. On Instant Facebook, we're Gays Against Guns New York. Like, share, watch, retreat, retweet, repost. Help us get the word out. And please go to gazeagainstguns.net and find out more about having a fabulous time with us and taking action to prevent gun violence. So don't forget, the biggest way you can support our show is to become a WBAI buddy. You can go to give to WBAI.org or call 516-620-3602. And we leave you now with a song from our sister singing quartet, Sing Out Louise, Don't Fret, Ye Merry Activists. Don't fret, ye merry activists, let nothing you dismay. Remember Trump the traitor went down election day. And thanks to you, we're back to blue, let's get him locked away. Oh, tidings of courage and joy, courage and joy. Oh, tidings of courage and joy. Don't fret, ye merry activists, let nothing you distract. The MAGA man or Kelly Ann or Rudy saw react. He's going down the circus clown, will take the country back. Oh, tidings of courage and joy, courage and joy. Oh, tidings of courage and joy. Don't fret, ye merry activists, let nothing you affright. The change you want to bring about won't happen overnight. To save the world from free and hate, you must stay in the fight. Oh, tidings of courage and joy, courage and joy. Oh, tidings of 